I like to be respected. Like, as the, a member of the audience, you got to respect me a little bit. I can put two and two together. You can't spell uh-huh. everything out for me. And that just felt like they were just hammering this profoundness home. Look how profound I am. I'm very profound in my <laughs> filmmaking. Look at me. <laughs> This is episode 63 of the Movie Bite Podcast, where we discuss, praise, lament, or lampoon movies, TV shows, and more. Today is Wednesday, October 2nd, 2013. I'm your host, TJ. And here he is, rushing around the racetrack to get here, is Chad Hopkins. Hey, TJ. Hey, Chad. How glad are you doing? Glad to make it. Yeah, I'm glad you could be here. Yeah. You, uh, you, you weren't here last week. Something came up. I was, I was not. I was actually playing in uh, the local symphony orchestra. Yeah, so, so, you know, you, that's actually a good reason. And I don't know. I think I, maybe I knew that, but it was just you, you were you were texting me going, hey, can you find a replacement for me on the Movie Byte podcast? Because uh, I'm I've got things. That's all. Oh. That's all I heard. You see. Oh, I, I, I guess I should have been a little bit more specific than things. <laughs> no, no, no. You, I, I, I'm, I'm joking. You did tell me, but uh, it, it seemed stupid yeah. at the time because I had more important things to be doing other than your silly band thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the, the, the symphony orchestra. You said orchestra. Yeah. Uh, I, no, I, did miss, orchestra. I did miss that. I've heard you talking about band practice and stuff. I thought it was some sort of band thing, but you, it was some sort of orchestra thing. Yeah. Uh, I was called up as an extra to play offstage horn uh, in the local symphony orchestra for their concert last week and got paid for it and everything. So uh, pay yeah. musician. Okay. Well, I mean, they're they're obviously giving you more than me then. I mean, because I, yeah. I, I can't afford <laughs> to pay you. So we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll allow it. We'll allow it. Okay, good. Hey, so one of the things, and you and I have not had a chance to discuss this at all, uh, but one of the things I wanted to talk about was changing up the show a little bit, uh, because I've been feeling for a while like the show was getting a little stale. Joe mentioned it to me, and, and I've been so busy, I haven't had time to think about I mean, because, you know, even just thinking about changing the format takes effort, and, and especially when you've got a kind of a groove that you're into and, and how the show is formatted, um, you know, it's it's easy to kind of fall into that rut, if you know what I'm saying. Right. So even Joe mentioned to me after the last week's show, I got Joe on last week to uh, to replace you. And uh, well, I mean, you can't be replaced, but you know what I mean? To to take <laughs> to to take your co-host spot for a week. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to be a little more sensitive in my language. <laughs> OK. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so so he mentioned to me after the show, he's like, you know, I been and, and he, he still listens to the show and he, he likes the show. But he said, I feel like it's getting a little stale and I feel like you're doing the same thing every week. And, and you know what? He's right. Uh, and I've been feeling it too. And so I put just a little bit of time and thought into it in that I'm in, in one of the comments, I've gotten this from more than, than one person, but Joe has mentioned it. And, and a few people have mentioned it and they said that it felt like trailer bite runs long, uh, trailer bite runs very long and it's confusing. There's no good, uh, you know, segue into the next thing. And, uh, it, it, frankly, it's just not that interesting. If I want to watch trailers, I go watch trailers. And so, uh, yeah, you know what? I think that's a good observation. I've gotten that from more than one person, so we're going to discontinue Trailer Bite for now. I'm not saying we won't bring it back as a segment occasionally. Maybe there's an episode where we just want to talk about trailers. So, yeah. and, and Chad, we haven't had a chance to talk about this, so you tell me what you think about this. We're kind of discussing the format of the show on the air, as it were. So, Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. The, uh, it's it's hard to talk about trailers sometimes. I mean, it, it, it's a segment that runs long, but sometimes it's better to just watch it and get your own opinion rather than listen to us ramble on about it sometimes. So, yeah, yeah, and it's kind of like... It, it, it makes sense to sort of drop it. We have other uh, bigger fish to fry. 
Right. And and that's not to say, like, in future episodes we wouldn't bring it back and say, you know what, there's been a lot of interesting trailers and we want to talk about what's coming out. But to do it every week is getting kind of boring, I think. So so that's that's my thought is we're going to go ahead and drop it, and it's not on the show outline today. Uh, the other thing is we're not broadcasting this episode live, and, and here's oh. why. And and I want to – I like – you know – when I, with the people I follow, the the podcasts that I follow, the websites that I follow, the people, the writers, and and all that stuff, I very much like it when they're very candid about things. And so, to be candid, we were not getting any listeners to the live stream. Now, we do have quite a few listeners to the recorded podcast. If you're listening now, you're listening to a recorded podcast because the only people who can hear this at this very moment are me and you, Chad. Okay. Um, and so we weren't at last. Three weeks, I think, or at least the last two weeks, we have not had a single listener to the live stream. And so it's just it's it's definitely extra work and extra trouble. And I want to bring it back someday when this podcast becomes world famous and people would actually listen live. <laughs> but it's kind of like the, the, the podcast that, uh, that I listen to a lot from five by five. And, and they do a live stream over there at five by five. Dan Benjamin, we've had him on the show before. And uh, but he's, he even has mentioned and he, I believe he told me when I asked him about it that. Only a very small percentage of his listeners actually listen to the live stream. It's just that he has such a big listener base that that he has those listeners that will. So if we ever grow big enough, I'd like to bring it back again. But for now, it's just too much trouble and no no return on investment whatsoever. So I was paying okay. I was paying for a live streaming server. I'm going to discontinue that, and uh, you know, I'm going to take down the live page on Movie Byte. It's just way too much time and maintenance to put into for something that's not going anywhere. Sure, makes sense to me. Yeah. So I will miss the interaction occasionally when somebody did come into the chat room, but uh, it's just, you know, and I, I know Jody, for instance, was a regular in the chat room for a while, and so I'm sorry about that, but, you know, we're still available for interaction on the site and the comments and on Facebook and on Twitter, so. For sure. Yeah, so those are the those are the two things. And so then the third thing about the show, Chad, is that uh, we want to open it up a little bit. Uh, Joe has gotten to a position, I think, from what I was talking to him, where he can be on a few more shows. Uh, you, you might remember he left the show just because of time constraints and family constraints and things that were going on with him, even though he didn't want to leave the show. And he's in a right. position where he can be on a little more. He cannot be on every week. But he would be very interested in in taking things topically. Like if we just wanted to say, for instance, we wanted to review all the Harry Potter films or, or a couple of the Harry Potter films, or we just wanted to talk about something that's going on in the industry, or maybe we just want to take one film or, or a series of films, whatever, something like that. So be a little more topical. And we're going to insert those types of shows occasionally. We don't know when that's coming up, but it's coming up soon. Okay, that sounds cool. Yeah. So we're going to try to keep this show from getting so stale. So we've been talking about this now for something like eight minutes. Uh, <laughs> so we should move on to some actual things. Oh, there was there was one more thing. I'll just mention it briefly. The shows are running very long, and we're going we're gonna to shorten them up. As much as I'm talking about this, this show, we're going to try to keep it under an hour. Uh, so okay. it's just it's, – it's a it's – a, I love the show, and I love talking about movies, and that's why they run so long. But we've, we've got to shorten it up a little bit. Yeah. So, so that's me being candid about the uh, about the show and about the site and everything. So, uh, you not having heard any of this yet, since since I've been so busy that I haven't even had a chance to talk to you about it. What do you think? Uh, everything sounds good to me. Uh, I agree that some changes need to be made uh, just to keep it a little bit fresher sometimes. Yeah. And uh, these all sound like good ideas too. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, so in that in in that light, in the light of keeping the show shorter, we've only got a couple of discussion topics before we talk about Rush. Uh, so, but the first thing we have to mention, I mean, it just happened today. I was at work when I saw the news and normally Chad, what I do is I take some time, 
in the evenings to prepare posts for the next day and then schedule uh-huh. them to post on the site. And uh, sometimes when stuff pops up, uh, I just I stop my work and I go and I, I post about it if it's very important. And that's what happened today. Something important and, and very sad actually happened today. And that was that Tom Clancy passed away at the age of 66. Yeah, that's so sad. I saw that earlier today as well. And uh, I mean, I, I can't say that I'm familiar with his stuff, to be honest. Um, Hunt for Red October is on my list, but I've never seen it. But I know he has a large fan base and he's written lots of books and uh, people like him. So it's, it's always sad to hear uh, stuff like this about uh, well-loved people passing away. Yeah, and and this is the thing. Like, uh, I I'm, I have not read a single one of his books, but I've watched all the movies that that he's uh, that have come from his books, and I feel kind of uh, ashamed about that because I feel like I'd like his books. <laughs> uh-huh. But um, it, I I know that I love the movies that come from his books. Uh, I, I've loved every one of these movies in some form or fashion. I did feel like the Harrison Ford films tended to be a little bit too slow moving perhaps or something but they were good films for the in large part the patriot game uh, patriot games including present danger um my favorite of course is the hunt for red october i can't believe you haven't seen that it's been on my list for a long time i like sean connery and it looks like an interesting film but i just haven't sat down to watch it it is by far when i've talked i believe we had an entire show dedicated to the hunt for red october if i memory serves um me and, really? and joe i don't know if you caught that episode uh must have missed it we certainly talked about it and I, it, it really is my favorite of the tom clancy novel films and mm-hmm. uh the sum of all fears would be a close second because it was really good too um so and that was the one starring ben affleck and morgan freeman and it was really good so Cool. Yeah. So it's it was definitely sad though to hear about the passing of Tom Clancy, uh, Tom Clancy, and especially at the age of sixty six. I mean that, you know, he's getting on up there, but that seems still a little young in our that day is, and age. Yeah. I mean, we're we're used to folks passing away maybe in their mid to late seventies, most of the eighties probably, uh, and, and a lot of folks make it up into their nineties and stuff. So. Yeah, very sad to hear, and uh, condolences to the family, and uh, we'll certainly miss, uh, I mean, because he, uh, I mean, he has has a book coming out this December, he had just finished it up, and it's off at the publisher, and I think they're just, you know, doing their normal publishing stuff, and and, uh, I don't know what stage they're in at that, whether they're still editing and, and, you know, finding typos or whatever, or whether it's just, you know, that was the release date, and so they're, they're waiting on the release date or whatever, but, so he was still actively writing, so he will definitely be missed. Definitely. Okay, have you seen Agents of Shield? I am so upset because I haven't had time. What is, is it good? What is how wrong good is with it? you? I love. Tell it. me, tell me how good it is. I loved it. Great. Uh, I, in fact, uh, here's how much I loved it. Instead of writing the reviews that I should be writing when I have time to do so, uh, and I feel ashamed because I haven't written any reviews in like three weeks because I've just. <laughs> Uh, I've been working some crazy hours. Uh, we, we we just actually uh, are getting ready to launch a, a new website at, at work. I'm, I'm a web developer, and uh, so it's just been a little crazy on top of some traveling, and I'm going to be traveling again this weekend. So but the point is, the little time that I did have to write, I took it and wrote about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. instead of reviewing one of the <laughs> movies I should have reviewed. Um, <laughs> no shame. I'm, I'm sure it was worth it. No, it was. I, I really enjoyed it. Here, here's the interesting, uh, irritating thing, though, really is that a lot of the critics are hating on this show. And and I kind of, uh, I think what happened 
is uh, kind of what Fizz talked about. And I can't remember whether he talked about this in the show or whether it was in the – I just get so confused about context, chat. It may have been in the yeah. comments of something. That, uh, I believe it was. Now that I'm thinking about it, it was in the comments of one of the I articles I, saw it in the comments. I posted. And he said, well, he felt like the show was being overhyped and therefore it was going to disappoint. And I think that's a common failing amongst humans is to really get so excited about something that it doesn't live up to your expectations. And I think that's where we're at with S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean, it, it, mm. it is just a show. And, but at the same time, it's a Joss Whedon show, and it had a lot of great Joss Whedon moments in it. I, I do agree with some of the criticism out there that it feels a bit corporate. And uh-huh. what, what I mean by that, I mean, it is. It's a big property. Marvel uh, Marvel is a big kind of a, a moving wheels and gears kind of a thing, and this is just one of the cogs in the machine that's ro- ro- rolling. And so to some extent, Joss Whedon doesn't have as much uh, – didn't have as much uh, flexibility and fun as he could have had – with something like Buffy, I get that. But what at the same time, I really enjoy the show. It's one of the best shows I've seen in quite a long time. The last time I was this excited about a show was probably Fringe, and a close second might be Burn Notice. I, I've really enjoyed Burn Notice. Uh, this show really has some potential and some promise, and we've only seen one episode. And hey, let's talk about how bad Buffy was in the first season. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> It, right. it it had some really cheesy bad effects. Sometimes it had dialogue that was strained. And I, and I don't know, this is crazy coming from Joss Whedon, right? Because we think of him as the as the ultimate dialogue writer. But uh-huh. but he it had some some clunky dialogue and some things. I mean, the first season of Buffy wasn't great. It had to find its its legs, and then it really got good in the second and third and fourth season. So yeah. I'm not worried about this show. But I think the difference will be that we have so much more word of mouth and social media and the critics seem to have more sway because the common people are able to read or, or take them more of time to read them and the, you know, they get linked on Twitter and, and Facebook and stuff. So that will be interesting to see how that, whether that makes or breaks the show. Sadly, the viewership uh, was down a little bit uh, for last night's episode, which I will be watching after the show because uh, I have to watch it on Hulu. Uh, but here's here's an interesting statistic. I'm sorry I'm doing all the talking, but you haven't seen it. Um, here's an interesting uh, statistic. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, the first episode, gained a huge amount in time-shifted viewing, uh, which which would be Hulu or uh, DVR or, or just, you know, not watching it live. And and that's really right. where I think we're headed, and I'm, I'm really irritated that the rating, the official rating system still doesn't really take that into account. Their viewership ratings are based on numbers of live viewers. And frankly, I mean, even if I had cable, I don't have time to sit down and watch shows on their schedule. Right. So. And that's what we've talked about on here before. Oh, uh, yeah. The whole instant streaming whenever it's convenient for the viewer is where we should be. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, uh, I mean, you know, I agree. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, <know. laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm King Hulu over here. So, right. um, yeah, <laughs> I just don't see any point in having a cable subscription. Uh, I mean, I have cable internet, but, uh, right. yeah. And, uh, Joanna Robinson, she's a regular on the slash film cast. She tweeted out, uh, that she seems to be one of the few critics that, uh, liked shield. Uh, and then somebody said, uh, in response to her, and I thought this was good, although it's Twitter. So, you know, it's short and brief and snarky, but. It seems like it's just taking pot shots for not being, oh, my God, awesome, better than Buffy right out, right off the bat. And so then she did say, Let, let's talk about Buffy season one not being very good. <laughs> so <laughs> right. she agrees with me there. So, 
Uh, anyway, that's uh, yeah. I'm I'm a little irritated with the critics right now over this. I mean, I don't know what they were expecting. It 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 mostly I will say it mostly lived up to the expectations that I had for it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So it, it apparently it didn't for Fizz. He interacted with with me in the comments uh, here on the article that you'll find in the show notes. Um, he said, in fact, I'll just he he said I did enjoy the pilot though I think it fell woefully short of the hype that it had piled up at this point. Uh, and and that's the thing, like. Yeah, you know, the hype can really pile up, but it's just a show and you've got to take that into account. So that's yeah. that's a little uh, disheartening, but I think it's going to be all right. I mean, because it is one of the better shows that I've seen in a while. So. Well, that's good to hear. And I'm really looking forward to finally catching up. You go watch it tonight. OK, I will do my best. <laughs> <laughs> OK. Uh, and, you know, if you, if you do Hulu, you only have like five weeks or something. So. Uh, they, they, they usually most, uh, it depends on the, on the network, but most have like a rolling five week, uh, you know, backlog, backload of episodes. So, okay, well I'll have to hop on Hulu then because I've never really used it, but there's so many shows that I want to watch this semester. So, uh, do you have an Apple TV? I don't. Bummer. Do you have a Roku or anything like that? I don't. I have my iPad and I have my laptop. Well, the iPad will be okay. Yeah. Uh, you do. I think you have to have a, Pl- a Hulu Plus account in order to do anything other than your computer. But I'm not yeah. sure. I, I know you do for the Apple TV. I'm not sure about the iPad. I don't have an iPad, so I can't speak to that. Mr. Yeah. Apple over here doesn't have an iPad. <laughs> okay. Oh, well. This one, I hope you can talk about a little bit, man. Have you seen this? Uh, four Rules? I tonight? have. I, I actually saw it a couple of weeks ago when it uh, first went online. Um, at least I think that's when it went on. was a couple of weeks ago. Oops. I was just queuing it up and it got away from me. And uh, the the four rules to make Star Wars great again video. And uh, it makes a lot of good points. And I'm really, uh, I agree with it completely. I hope JJ sort of comes across it randomly and decides to uh, apply some of the things it's suggesting. It had a uh, a fairly quick, uh, I mean, I think it had a short shelf life. I haven't heard anything about it since it like exploded, but it did have a pretty big, it made the rounds. So I hope that he does take some, pay attention to it you know but but we'll see i mean i i think i agreed with just about everything that this thing said <laughs> this is all like uh hand and not hand animated but just like it's it's, it's very Star Wars clever doesn't happen in the city it doesn't happen in parliament or in the library agreed it happens out here yes and this is a picture of uh away from uh, civilization boy i'm I'm, I'm, amidst smugglers wow what where was that place oh it was at the beginning of empire strikes back uh hoth hoth yeah and bounty hunters star wars is a western yes and it's set in the frontier Uh uh-huh i agree with that Rule two, the future is old. Star Wars beauty isn't clean. It isn't new. Yeah, and that's, see, like, that's a really good point. Like, you know, if you want clean looking sci-fi, clean ships and, and, you know, all the lens flares, uh, but, but even before the lens flares, I mean, (laughs) Star Trek always had a very clean feel to it. And Star Wars always was known for its, its, its kind of, uh, lack of sleekness and the prequels really everything was just so shiny and, and all that jumbled messy type you know millennium falcon type ships were just non-existent so right. that was really frustrating i mean i think that you get used to the, the way a certain universe is and and then star wars wasn't that anymore 
No. I, I mean, I think the whole point they tried to make in the prequels was that it took place before. I mean, but they're called prequels for a reason, and the numbers come before four, five, and six. Yeah. So it wasn't really necessary to take it to that extreme. Yeah. I mean, we, we could talk for probably hours about the whole prequel thing anyway, but anyway. Yeah. It's dirty, gritty, a secondhand world. Let's the see what else we have here. Of the frontier. All right, rule three. The force is mysterious. We don't always need an explanation. The greatest power of the force... Okay, we've got Yoda raising up the ...is thing. the sense of magic that comes from the unknown. Yeah, so... Uh, I, and I completely agree with that too. Like, I think one of the, when they started talking about midi chlorines and stuff in the prequels, they just completely yeah. lost me. Like, what? Right. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I think this is a great point. I mean, the force needs to be mysterious. Um, it, it, it wasn't something that needed explaining. Did, did you need the force explained to you? No, not at all. I mean, it, it was just awesome. Yeah. By the way, I think the best part of this video may be the music, the, 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 the like the, the completely human sound music. Yeah, it's I mean, pretty great. Give that a listen. Love that. Yeah. All right, let's see what rule four was. There was four rules. Star Wars isn't cute. Yes. Yes. Walk into the wrong bar, lose your arm. <laughs> yep. Don't pay your debts, end up in carbonite. Yes. The frontier <laughs> is a dangerous place. It's never cute or silly. It's not child-proofed. There's Jar Jar. It's freaking Star Wars. And he just shot Star- Jar Jar's head off. always <laughs> shoots first. And yes, Han always shoots first. I completely agree. Yes, um, I'm on that YouTube page, and one of the top comments is, I really thought all four rules would be no Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> well, we could do all, uh, four rules like that as well. And there, there better be there there better be no Gungans at all. Oh, I hope not. If there if even I mean because Jar Jar's dead by by now, but Surely. even even if there is just a Gungan, I think that we're all going to revolt. We're probably I we'll probably just every one of us Star Wars nerds will probably just stand up in the theater and walk right out. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I don't know about you. That I, I I may just make that a rule. Like if there's a Gungan in this film, if this Star Wars seven, I'm I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I, I will abide to that rule as well okay i don't think there will be i think i think jj is a little smarter than that yeah i think it's pretty clear uh the fan position on jar jar binks but then again i mean did you see the thing where where jj said admitted he's like yeah i have a little bit of a lens flare flare problem and even in post-production we really had to like go oh my goodness ilm can you clean this up a little bit we went a little bit (laughs) overboard (laughs) i I did see him talking about that wow man you're an idiot (laughs) (laughs) Uh, oh, oh well. well so that's four rules to make star wars great i completely agree with all of them and th- this will be in the show notes and i it's a, it's recommended watching like if you listen to the show and you do not go to the show notes and click that link and watch this video you are no friend of mine <laughs> if you've already <laughs> if you've already seen it great yeah really it's a great video it's fun to watch yeah all right well let's talk about rush shall we let's because that's what we're here to do tonight is we're here to talk about rush all right, so uh, Rush, uh, and this is interesting. Like, I, I was I was confused by Box Office Mojo when I did the Box Office Report uh, earlier this week. Um, 
in that it said it was the second weekend, but it was, as far as I knew, only available widely on September 27th. So apparently there were some theaters that were showing it on September 20th, and so Box Office Mojo counted that as the first week. Although really they shouldn't have because it was only like four theaters in the entire United States, I think. Well, that's not right. that's not an opening weekend. That's just weird. Yeah. So the wide opening was on September the 27th, and it had a budget of $38 million, and it's only made $25.2 million worldwide so far. So, uh, Rotten Tomatoes critical acclaim says it's a sleek, well, uh, slick, well-oiled machine. Rush is a, is a finely crafted sports drama with exhilarating race sequences and strong performances from Chris Hemsworth and Daniel Bruhl. Um, and so I agree that it's a finely crafted sports drama, whether it had exhilarating race sequences is something we'll talk about in a minute. <laughs> um, okay. Sounds fair. Yeah. So, um, it was uh, directed by Ron Howard, written by Peter Morgan. It starred Chris Hemsworth, Daniel Bruhl, Olivia Wilde, Alexandra Maria Lara, and music by one of your favorites, Hans Zimmer. Yes, and the music is so good. Yes, the music was very good. I, I this film was very strong in a lot of ways. It had a had a great tone and a great feel. Why don't you, before we dive into that, though, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the story of this film? Okay. Um... Set against the sexy, glamorous golden age of Formula One racing in the 1970s, the film is based on the true story of a great sporting rivalry between handsome English playboy James Hunt, played by Chris Hemsworth, and his methodical, brilliant opponent, Australian driver Nicky Lauda, played by Daniel Bruhl. The story follows their distinctly different personal styles on and off the track, their loves, and the astonishing 1976 season in which both drivers were willing to risk everything to become world champion in a sport with no margin for error. If you make a mistake, you die. Yeah, and uh, don't let the uh, subject matter of this film fool you. And I find this is often true of sports films, good sports films. They're not about the sport necessarily. And, no. and if, you, if you're like me, like I really hate race car driving. I really hate baseball and basketball and football. Oh. I, man, I just I can't stand any of that stuff. I'm just not a sports person. I and 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 it's not that I can't play some of these things. Like I've played baseball and I you know. I've played a few sports here and there, and it's it's much more fun for me to play, although these days it's not my first choice to do, but it's it's much more fun for me to play than it is for me to actually watch sports on TV. Like, you don't watch sports on TV, do you? Uh, I watch baseball. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't. <laughs> I can't stand <laughs> watching somebody else play sports. But this is not that. Not that at all. Um, this is yeah. this oh, is about no, not at all. yeah. This is about the drama of the people that do that 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 do the sport of racing. Yeah, I mean, all, all like you're saying, the best sports films are the ones that aren't about the sports. It's about the characters and their uh, their lives and their relationships. And this this film definitely falls into that category. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and and sometimes I the the in fact the some of the most brilliant cuts in this film, and it was very a very well cut film for the most part. Some of those brilliant cuts were the way they dealt with the racing. Like there was times when they needed to move the story along, and so they just sort of skimmed over the racing. You know, like the, they would show the race cars around the track in a very um, a kind of a uh, a creative way as the, the text comes on screen and tells you who won the race and where they were at, and then they kind of move to the next race to kind of propel the story along. And those are some surprisingly good cuts in, in the way that film was cut that way. But if the film was about racing they would have shown every beat of the race on the track and so i was happy that they didn't try to go there um you know and and this is me not knowing much about like what the story was really even about i I really had no idea who james hunt and nikki lauda were really no no clue yeah i I mean i remember the first time i saw this trailer i thought it was a weird uh subject for someone like ron howard to tackle 
Um, and I mean, I didn't have any interest in it. I'm not familiar with it. Um, but I thought the film did a really good job of making the subject matter engrossing, maybe not racing specifically, but the people involved in racing and making it happen and, uh, all the preparation and stuff like that. Uh, it was very interesting. Yeah, totally. And, you know, speaking of, uh, Ron Howard, you know, this film was originally supposed to be directed by Paul Greengrass. Really? Yeah, I found that interesting. So I don't know what kind of trouble happened in the production or whether he just took another film and it conflicted. Uh, but in early talks, I mean, he was in talks to direct this. And that would have been an interesting thing. But ultimately, as good as the film was, I'm glad that Ron Howard wound up directing it. Same here. Yeah. So um, let's talk about a few of the things we liked about the film before we get brutal and, and really kind of dissect the film and talk about what we didn't like. Uh, and, and I, you know what? I really uh, am enjoying Chris Hemsworth these days. I remember thinking in the early days that he was a little bit uh, he, he lacked depth. And I yeah. think that's going away. Like, I think he's really becoming a, a good actor. Yeah, I think so, too. I, the first thing I ever saw him in was Star Trek um, and his brief like two minutes in the at the, the beginning of the film as mm-hmm, George right. Kirk. Yep. Uh, I thought he did a really good job there. And then Thor came around. And he's perfect as Thor, but it was hard for me to see him as anything but Thor after that. And at no point in this movie did I think, wow, Thor looks weird driving a race car. No, I I had the same experience. Like, the only time I remembered that he was Thor was when my brain forced me to say, that's weird. This is the same actor that plays Thor. Like, it never never came up in the film. Like, why is Thor driving around in a race car, right? It's (laughs) none of that. Um, Yeah, he uh, he really... I think threw himself into the role very well and, and play. I mean, I've never seen him in this kind of a role before and he took it on very well. Yeah. So, um, in, in speaking of good actors, I mean, Daniel Bruhl, I mean, how did he play that role so well? Like you Uh, wanted, he was perfect. Yeah. I mean, you loved him and you hated him and he was a jerk, but you felt, you you know, you felt for him at times. I mean, he really played those emotional notes just right. Yeah, he his character's story is really, really inspiring. And um, just watching him go through that struggle as this character and knowing that it's a true story and seeing everything that he did to get uh, where he was, it, it's just really inspiring. And the perseverance that he showed and dedication, I really liked that. Yeah, and, and at the same time, I mean, I mean, because as far as I understand, it is true to life. Like his passion was not necessarily the sport; it's just that that was what he was good at, and he was really good at it, and that's what he wound up doing. But it became a passion. Like you could tell, even though he kind of denied it, like it kind of became his passion that he was not really willing to admit. And, and then ultimately, right. I mean, that's eh, kind of spoilery territory. I guess we won't go into ultimately what happened, but um, <laughs> ultimately, yeah. I want to so bad. <laughs> Are there any spoilers in real life movies though? That's the thing. Like I didn't know anything about it and what happened was a surprise to me. Well, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, what about you? Did you understand? Did you oh, know the way things I, were going to go? No, I didn't. And I didn't think to, I didn't even think to look it up before I went and saw. So I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. And I, I will say that I, I think that there was never a good resolution that was going to leave me completely satisfied with this film, no matter what would have happened. Uh, and you know, I think it's safe to say, I think you can say this without getting into spoilers because I'm not going to tell you which way it goes, but it came down to which one of the two was going to win. And no matter what, uh, you, 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 I couldn't see a way out where I wasn't going to be disappointed. And, And I'm not talking about disappointed in the film as a film. I'm talking about like, you want 
both of them to win and both of them can't win. Right. So, uh, and it was interesting the way it played out. It didn't play. And, and this is the thing, like you, you can't really blame the film for going, Oh, I would have gone the other way because it's true to life. Right. So I, there's a little bit of a safety net there, I think. Yeah. But in both characters have so much to like about them in, in, in different respects. And so, uh, the fact that the, the actors were able to bring out that likability for each character, uh, and make us root for each of them at the same time. Uh, it, it's really one of its strengths. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I will say that no, well that's, that's a dislike. I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. All right. So the film had a really great energy and pacing, but, but it didn't, you know, it wasn't like action film energy pacing. It just had a really nice pace to it. And I really liked the, the, the style Everything about this film in terms of its style, the stylized look, uh, you know, the, the periodness of the 70s. I mean, I, I, uh-huh. I, just, I think it was a really great and beautifully shot film. It was. And I think that's something that Ron Howard's always done really well uh, in movies like Apollo 13 and A Beautiful Mind. Um, and it definitely shows here as well. And uh, I was going to say something else, but it... I don't remember, so I'll think of it in a second. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people have talked about the color grading of this film, at least several of the critics. And and color grading is a sort of thing where usually I feel like if you notice it, they probably did a bad job. But I only noticed it in that I thought, wow, the colors in this film look so natural but good. Like the color grading of this film, and, and they did something, even though it was shot digitally, I believe I'm telling you the truth on that. I believe it was shot digitally. Uh, I'm not quite sure where to go right offhand to, to verify that. Um, but I believe I heard it was shot digitally, but they did, uh, they did a really nice film look to it. Like I'm, I'm sure that I'm pretty sure they added some grain in post-production and just made it give, give it a really good filmic look. And, and I really, yeah. really enjoyed that about it. Cause I'm, as you know, I'm a big proponent of actual celluloid film. Right. So, and this, they, they came close to achieving that with digital. I think that look that I like about film. So, yeah. Do you, do you, it's definitely a nice movie to look at. Yeah. Do you, do you think this film has any Oscar potential? Um, as much as I liked Chris Hemsworth in it, I don't see him getting anything, but I could see Daniel Brühl getting a nomination at least. Oh yeah. I think, well, see, this is the thing. Like I think it's Daniel Brühl's story ultimately, even though we spend a lot of time oh, with, yes. with Hemsworth. Uh, I think it really is Nikki Lauda's story. Ultimately, well, Nikki Lauda is the one of the two who's actually still alive. Yes. And uh, and he's written a biography about this. The, the film itself isn't based on his biog- autobiography, I don't think. But uh, he, he is the one still alive. And so he's the one that people turn to for is this accurate or is it not? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I liked a lot, I'm just looking over my notes here, is I really loved the scene. That, that it was kind of a transitional moment, I think, for the character of um, uh, what's not Nikki, but James Hunt, um, where right. where he beat up the journalist. I really loved it. Oh, although, yeah. although I will have to say at the outset, did that really happen in real life? Because they showed no fallout or consequences for that. And in real life, there would have been. <laughs> Right. I mean, even, he probably would have. So I don't know if that was real true to life, but when he beat up the journalist for asking that insensitive and stupid question, I, I, I was like, I wanted to be jumping up and down and cheering, although my dignity would not prevent me from, from doing, did prevent me from doing that. But <laughs> it, it was a really cool moment for the character because, um, and it's funny because a scene and a half later, he's in an interview at the same time as Nikki Lauda and they're going back and forth, uh, teasing each other, uh, including about his accident that he has. I mean, spoiler, he has an accident that's in the trailers. That's in the trailers. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, 
it's it's cool to see behind the scenes that he is a compassionate person and he feels bad for what he did. He believes in uh, human dignity and that this this journalist crossed the line and no matter who it was he was talking about, whether it was his rival or his best friend, he needed to find a sense of justice. Yeah, and and I really love that turn in his character. Like it just showed, and, and that was the character development I was looking for in him earlier. I was, and again, this is a, a, a true to life story, so it's hard to fault the film for the way things went. But I was sitting there going, man, when uh, when Olivia Wilde, uh, what was the, her character's name, uh, Susie Miller, is leaving him, and I'm sitting there going, come on, dude, you, you know, hold your marriage together, do something, develop, you know, let your character develop here, come on, be a man, and that's what I wanted to see right. from him earlier, and then we we're finally, finally seeing that, what we're looking for in that character development of him beating up that journalist for asking a, a question after after Nikki Lauda's accident, just, just for our uh, audience who may not have, I know we have people who listen to this who haven't seen the film, which shame on you for doing that, but, uh, <laughs> but so, so Nikki Lauda's been in a terrible, horrific accident. Like I was, oh my goodness, I was cringing during some of the hospital scenes. Um, yeah. And he was, it was horrific. And so he's back at the racetrack and this journalist asked this completely insensitive question. Uh, and there was a lot of questions that were borderline, which you expect from journalists, but this guy just completely crossed the line. He's like, do you think your wife will still be able to love you? I mean, do you really think your marriage can su- survive this after, you, I mean, you look so hideous. And, and, and yeah. Nikki basically, he stood up and he said, we're done here. And he, and well, he used some stronger language than that and he walked out. And, right. and I re- I mean, just, it was so gratifying to see James Hunt. He, he, and you know, he's this jovial. He kind of walked in, hey man, hey, how are you doing? I have an answer. I, I think I have something for you on that last question. And he pulls him into the other room and just beats the snot out of him. <laughs> it was great. Uh, literally. Yeah, no. Right it was, in the nose. Yes, it was awesome. It was awesome. I know you. you know, it was. You're not really supposed to cheer when another human being gets treated like that, but he deserved it. <laughs> it was well deserved, and yes. it was a very satisfying scene. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else you liked about the film? Um, I loved the contrast between the two characters, um, the love yeah. of the sport in Lauda versus the desire for fame in Hunt. Yeah. And the ending, the part of the ending that I really liked, uh, it really showed that contrast between the two. Uh, when Hunt decides, you know, he, he, he retires a year later because he's achieved everything he's wanted to achieve as, as far as his career goes. And Lauda is already getting back to work. And it, it's... Uh, they both had a love for the the sport, but what made them uh, work so hard to get to where they were was completely different. If if I may, what drove them uh, um, their, <laughs> their, their desire? <laughs> yeah, I see what you did yeah. there. That's all right. I probably would have done it too because I like lame jokes. <laughs> yeah, me too. All right. So anyway, it's it's a really good contrast, and that's the best part of the ending. And uh, as I already mentioned, the score by Zimmer is really, really good. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, Chad. I really, really, really wanted to give this film high marks because there was a lot to like about it, and I really want to rate it highly. But there are some things that I just can't pass over. Uh, yeah, I thought about you while watching because I knew that you weren't going to like a couple of the things. Well, one of them's obvious, and 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 I'm, I'm just yes. I'm sick of going to the theater and and especially you know you see this rated R for strong language and things, but then you know some girls take their shirts off and and you're like, come on, what? Is, I mean, I'm tired of going to the theater and seeing that. I, I, I'm just sick of that. So that that you know, as you know, my my rule is one star, and so we're we're our, we've knocked right. a star off, um, and and they did it more than once. It was really frustrating in, in such a great film too. 
So yeah, really frustrating. So I won't dwell on that. I know I've harped on this a lot, so it, it just it just irks me and irritates me. Um, right. So so I'll move on. I did have some other things that I I didn't uh, didn't necessarily care for, and one of those things uh, I started to mention this earlier. I said, well, I'll just leave this for the dislikes, and that's I felt like actually both leading ladies, but especially Olivia Wilde, like she was hardly in this film. Like what? I don't know. Like I, I know like Olivia Wilde's not like the the big you know rock star type. Uh, uh, actress that's you know you know but but still i mean like why do you cast olivia wilde in this role and then not use her <laughs> i don't know right. i didn't get it uh, i don't know it, she, it was weird to see her as a like a top build actress and then she's in two and a half scenes and she's gone right exactly and i think they even realized that that was a problem and they tried to rectify it uh by showing her watching the races long after they've broken up and she really it really has no bearing on anything that she's watching the races yeah. it's, it's just weird that was like, a little bit strange yeah i found that very odd like she's she's long gone at this point and yeah and wh- why didn't we get more of uh the romance of of why why did she marry this guy i mean she was told to stay away from him and, and then all of a sudden the next thing there's wedding bells i mean did that really happen in real life like did they get married the next day because that's what it seemed like um, I think I after I saw the film, I read up on Wikipedia about this guy. I'm loading the page again right now. Um, I think they engaged pretty pretty soon after they met. I'm looking. Hunt met his first wife, Susie Miller, in 1974 in Spain. He he proposed a few weeks after the initial meeting. Still, and they married a few months later. Okay, so months. But the film made it seem like he says you want to get married, and then there's wedding. Like, literally, it cuts from the first time they meet in the garage, and he says, I don't know, they tell me I should get married. Hey, you want to get married? It literally cuts yeah. to them walking out of the church. She's in her wedding gown. And then that's it. Like, yeah. we don't see her again until she's walking out on him. And that's it. Yeah. Like, what in the world? And she, and she, you're right. She was a top billed <laughs> actress. I don't get it. I don't get it. I wanted to know more about that. Like, why did that marriage fall apart? I mean, you can, uh, okay, why may be the wrong word, because we know why. He was a self-absorbed race car driver who was never home <laughs> and, and, <Right. laughs> and who went off on flings. I mean, and that much was indicated, like, that she, he was uh, cheap <laughs> on her. Right. Uh, you know, I think I understand where you're coming from, but I do think that the the sort of instantaneous nature of it, it was just showing off the charm he had. Um, it, I mean, it's a poor excuse the way they cut it. The, the way they cut it makes it really confusing. It does really look like, hey, want to get married? Uh, and then the next day they are getting married. But it, it's just, you know, this guy, he's, he's a charming character and everybody likes him despite his personal life and uh, the way he behaves around other people and stuff like that. But... Um, yeah, he it, it, he he that's, has. That's what made the marriage fail. Yeah, and, and as far as his charm, like his his attitude has a certain charm to it. Like even though he can be uh, what's the word brusque, uh, and he certainly uses uh-huh. a lot of language around you, and uh, but but it's like a, a it's it's like an endearing quality almost. I mean, it's 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 difficult to convey what I'm trying to say without actually seeing it because I know that sounds horrible, but it's like that's yeah. part of his charm, and she certainly fell for it. And I, I get what Howard, Ron Howard was trying to do in cutting the scene that way. He was trying to convey to the audience, wow, this was really sudden. And I get right. that, but that's just lazy filmmaking, frankly. Yeah. I mean, that's a fair point. So, yeah, that was that was my, I think, maybe one of my major dislikes. And and, and even even like um, uh, Alexandra Maria Lara playing Marlene Lauda, uh, who wound up marrying uh, Nikki Lauda, of course, since her 
she's uh-huh. billed as Nick Marlene, Marlene Lauda. Um, I felt like even she didn't get that much time on the screen. I wanted to know more about those relationships. So yeah, that was frustrating. I did really enjoy the scenes between her and uh, Nikki. Yeah, no, they definitely had, they had a, a good, good chemistry. chemistry, very good chemistry for sure. Um, and, and you know, these things, you know, you wonder like how true is it to life, but it's certainly for the film, they had a great chemistry. So, yeah. Uh, what did you dislike about this film? Um, you mentioned something along these lines on Twitter the other day, and it was echoing thoughts I already had in my head. Um, it seemed like it was trying to be profound or epic. Um, yes. Rather than just being epic. I mean, does that <laughs> exactly. Make sense? No, absolutely. I completely agree. In fact, my, uh, this kind of ties into why I don't really care for the end that much is because it's like trying to drill home these profound points, and you're like, the movie's over. Would you roll the credits, please? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and um, you know, you've, you've got the two. Uh, I know you said something about liking the ending, but I just felt like you've got these two guys. I guess I like the concept, but the execution left a lot to be desired because these two guys are like hashing out the profoundness of, of their life story or something. I just I didn't need it. I actually have mixed feelings about the ending. I liked that it just outlined the contrast between the characters and what their desire uh, for or their passion for. Uh, the the job was but the other side of that the climax of the film is such a high and then it just sort of drops off and there's the end yeah well i, I guess I my, mean, my point is they're, they're kind of like i think the scene would have been served better if they'd cut like at least half the dialogue from that scene and and, and stop trying to be so profound and and try to and, you know and and like you've got nikki lauda driving home this point uh I'm, you know, I'm, I'm yin and you're yang and, and I need you and you need me. And it's like, oh, we don't need any of that. All you got to say is, uh, you know, when are you going to be back on the racetrack, Mr. you know, Hunt? And he's, he'll be like, oh, you know, what's life? What good is life? You can't have fun. And that, that's all you really need is you just, and you get it. You get it. Like, I like to be respected. Like, as the, a member of the audience, you got to respect me a little bit. I can put two and two together. You can't spell uh-huh. everything out for me. And that just felt like they were just hammering this profoundness home. Look how profound I am. I'm very profound in my <laughs> filmmaking. Look at me. <laughs> I, I can't say I necessarily agree. I didn't have any problems with the ending as far as that goes, but I, I can see where you're coming from. Um, Which is a the, polite the way line, of saying you don't agree with me. Right. <laughs> well, the, the the example that I come uh, come to is the line where uh, uh, James Hunt is talking to his soon-to-be ex-wife, and he says something to the effect of driving in circles looking for normality. And that line has been in the trailers for months. And from the first time I heard it, it just felt like it was – uh, forced it was so forced it, it's it it's like the screenwriter sat down before writing the script and said i'm going to come up with a couple of really deep quotes and then i'm going to shoehorn them into the movie somewhere <laughs> you're, you're so and right that, that's what that line feels like and there were a couple of instances like that that may not have been as bold like that was but that that's been in the trailers for months and so that's what sticks out in my head yeah yep uh, and yeah I, I completely agree i mean like just I don't know. Why? Why? You know what? Fine. If those lines gave you inspiration, I, I, you know, I don't know how much I agree with this, but I do know one one technique in writing. Uh, this is just like for general writing, uh, but I think it would apply to filmmaking too. Is like uh, if, if sometimes you sit down and you write a really great sentence, and then from that flows an article. I don't know if you've ever had that, or or something that you've written. I don't know if you've ever had that experience or not. Uh, I've had it a couple times, but that sentence may not ever fit with the rest of the thing like that was your inspiration 
Right. But it may not fit anymore. And you know what? A good writer deletes that sentence if it doesn't work anymore. No matter how good you felt about it, no matter how much you like it, if that sentence needs deleted, you delete it. And I feel right. like the same way. If, if that line needed deleted, even if that was the inspiration for the entire film, get rid of it. Make it go away. Right. I agree with that. Yeah. That's, so, that's a good rule of thumb. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, I've, I feel like that just should have been cut. And and, and again, the, the ending just, ugh, come on, man. Stop <laughs> it. Yeah, this film tried just really hard to be pr- profound. And it, it like it it could have been and it kind of was profound just taken on its own but when you when you try too hard it just it it becomes less profound you know what i mean yeah yeah so that was frustrating um let's see i felt like as much as i liked the fact like this is both a like and a dislike i like that we're getting two stories in here we're kind of getting and we're spending time with james hunt and we actually spent a lot of time with him even before we met nikki lauda then all of a sudden it's like the focus of the film shifts now we've met nikki lauda and now it's his story I felt uh-huh. like as much as I like the fact that we're getting both stories, I felt like there was confusion about whose story it was. And ultimately, I'm saying, you know what, it's Nikki Lauda's film, but it was a little confusing. Like, whose film is it really? Which which story are you telling here? Right. I, I was a little frustrated by that as well. Okay. So, what do you think? Um, that didn't frustrate me, but <laughs> um, I, I don't know. That's something I don't know if I can necessarily disagree on because – it, it it does sort of make it ambiguous about whose story this actually is, but it's not something that bothered me. It's like uh, at times it was like reading a book where from chapter to chapter you focus on a different character. Yeah, and I never liked those types of books. Um, I, I think one of my my favorite examples, and, and I go to this example because I, I've, I've done it a couple times on the podcast, although not nearly as much as Star Trek, but um, <laughs> uh, I like the Harry Potter series a lot, and there's a lot of reasons for that. It's not just the story. It's the way the story is written, the way it's told, the way things unfold, the, the, the good storytelling technique. Um, mm-hmm. And one of those techniques with the Harry Potter books and, and subsequently because of that, the films – uh, is that the story, it, there's never any confusion about whose story it is or whose perspective it's being told from. It's always told from Harry's perspective and point of view, and the story is Harry's story. That doesn't mean you don't get to know other characters and that you don't love other characters. I love Hermione and Ron to death, but it's not their story. Right. And, and the same thing, I think, is true of any good story. You've got to know whose story you're telling. So that that, yeah. that was a frustration for me. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm just going over my list here. Uh, make sure I don't miss anything. Uh, originally supposed to be directed by Paul Greengrass. Great energy and pacing. Loved Bruel. Uh, tried too hard to be epic. Loved the color grading. Uh, Oscar potential? Question mark. Yes, got that. Uh, both sides of the story. Yeah, and I, like I said, I did like that we we're getting both sides of the story. Uh, oh, the racing. We got to talk about the racing. For a film in 2013 with as many good filmmaking technique, techniques as we have, why did the racing suck so much? Why was it not good? What didn't you like about it? I don't know. I just felt like it was lacking. Like, I don't know. I, I was Like I said, I was glad when they just skimmed over the racing at part points because it was just painful. And maybe, I, I'll fully admit, maybe this is my lack of, like, I don't like sports. Uh-huh. But I just felt like it was, like, I've, I've never, I don't remember feeling this with other sports types movies. Like, I just felt like it was just very poorly executed racing. Yeah, mm. I guess you didn't get that from what you're. No, I mean, I, I didn't think it was spectacular, but I thought it got the point across, and coupled with uh, Hans Zimmer's music, I thought it made it pretty exciting. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, maybe it was just me. And I fully admit, I, I don't like sports. So right. <laughs> I wanted to know about the character dramas. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that I think that's all I've got. Yeah, me too. I, I, I didn't have a lot that I disliked in this film. Yeah, it sounds like you may have liked it more than me. I haven't looked, I haven't scrolled down to see what your rating is of it. So uh, we actually rate it the same minus your minus one star for nudity. Right. Yep. I see that. Yeah. So I mean, I would have given it four out of five, but I've got a dock at three out of five. Yep. And that's what I have it at is four. Okay. IMDb, uh, they're they're giving it an eight point uh, three. Excuse me, eight point three out of ten, uh, and then this is quite amazing. The critics on Rotten Tomatoes are at eighty eight percent approval rating. That's, I mean, it's not unprecedented, but that's high. You know, that, yeah, it's pretty impressive. And the the audience is at ninety four percent. And wow. you know, I I really did enjoy the film, and I'm sure I'll be watching it again someday because I enjoyed it enough that I'll certainly watch it again. Yeah. So it makes it hard for me to recommend though uh, to go see it in the theater because of of some of those issues. So it's frustrating. Yeah. All right. Well, next week is a big week, Chad. Uh, it is. Because next week we're going to get to talk about a film that we've been waiting on for a while. I've been getting more and more excited about this film, and I've been trying to keep the hype down in my mind because, you know, if you hype a film up too much, uh, although, I, I like I said earlier, I don't feel like I'm super susceptible to that, but I, I, I do try consciously not to get too hyped up about something. So next week we're going to talk about Gravity starring Sandra Bullock. It looks amazing. Finally. Looks yeah, amazing. I'm really looking forward to seeing this in an IMAX theater this weekend. All right, I'm looking here on Trello, and uh, um, Joe is scheduled to be on the podcast with us for that. I'll make sure that he's going to be with us, and I, I, we can't guarantee it. He can't guarantee it, but uh, I believe that's going to happen. And then we're going to have uh, Captain Phillips the week after that, it looks like. Uh, Fifth Estate yeah. also comes out. Maybe we'll do the Fifth Estate first because I'm more excited about that. Although yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about I think we're finally coming out of the slump, Chad. I'm th- I'm glad we're finally coming out of the slump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's um, been pretty rough. Speaking of Captain Phillips, that's what Paul Greengrass did. Yes, he did do uh he did do Captain Phillips. So that's that's pretty so, cool. Uh yeah. Paul Greengrass for those who don't know, he was the director of the Matt Damon films. Uh, help me out here, Chad. Um, Born. Born. Jason Born. Jason Born films. Uh Did he do all three of them? No, I think he just directed the second two. Okay. I think he was maybe a screenwriter for the second one or the first one. I'm about to look. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually Googling right oh, now. Paul Greengrass. I'm, I already had his page open. Born Ultimatum, Born Supremacy. So there you go. Yes. Uh, let's see what his IMDb profile lists for writing. So that he was director of those. Uh, Green Zone. Okay, producer and writer. Here we go. I don't see any writing credits for the first one or for any uh, Born films. So I guess he just directed mm. the last second two. Who was the director of the first Bourne film while I'm thinking about it here? I'm Doug Lyman. Okay. Don't know him. Because that, that's still my favorite of the series. So, Yeah. All right. Well, uh, look forward to Gravity next week. Uh, I've been hearing really great things about it. Uh, so I definitely recommend that you uh, catch that in the uh, theater this uh, coming weekend so you can talk about it with us. Yes. All right. Well, uh, so Chad, where can people find you online? You can find me at chadlikesmovies.com, at facebook.com slash chad.hopkins, and at twitter, uh, twitter.com slash slash, oh my goodness, I cannot talk, twitter.com slash chadadada, C-H-A-D-A-D-A-D-A. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Probably should just, yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's a, on moviebyte.com, if you go to your profile there, you can get to your Twitter there, so that's yes. probably what you should do. 
Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, okay. So if you want to keep up with me online, uh, Twitter is the best place to do that. Uh, uh, Twitter.com slash TJ Draper Pro. Uh, obviously you should go to moviebyte.com every single day. Cause I'd put stuff out there every weekday for you to keep up with. So I go uh, there every day. Yeah. It's, it's a great, it's a great website. Don't you think? <laughs> I think so. Uh, nice handiwork. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, I do have a redesign coming up for the site. Can't promise when, uh, I haven't had time to work on it much since I last mentioned it, uh, because I've been so busy, but it will be coming hopefully before the end of the year. So it'll be responsive and everything. So that'd be pretty cool. Sweet. Uh, yeah. So, uh, that's, uh, that's where you can find the work that I do uh, pretty much every day, uh, moviebyte.com. And if you want to find show notes for this episode, they will be at moviebyte.com slash mbpodcast slash 63. That's where you can uh, find the show notes. If you have happened to catch this in your podcatcher and uh, want to view the show notes, go there to do that. Uh, and uh, be sure to give us a rating and a review in iTunes if you liked the show, if you uh, enjoyed listening to me and Chad uh, get nerdy about movies. Uh, definitely give us a rating. That would really help us out. So we thank you very much for your support, and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.